0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This piece was brought to you by
2: Roberta's. Roberta'spizza.com
3: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn.
4: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys. It's almost New York City Beer Week. It's like February 2018. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Jimmy's number 43 and the good beer seal. It's actually February 20th, 2018. And I'm looking around this room. You know, uh, Beer Week is a very important part of New York City. And uh, it's almost like Beer Week is every week now because it's like over 30 breweries. And I know you got Rob from Transmitter. Rob, how many breweries are there in New York City? He's not going to talk, but he's a quiet guy.
5: <laughs> uh, I think there's over 30 breweries right now. And there's and like same.
4: over 10 people in this room, so we're trying to bounce them around. We've got some great beer bar owners like Corey Bonfilio from Beer Street. Good evening, Jimmy. Great to have you back on. All right. <laughs> and uh, Ian from the well, you know, you, got, you always have the best event of Beer Week. You've got a panel on Sunday, February 25th with everybody's favorite brewers. We do. You're a cool guy. Thank and you. And some of the guys from Threes, we've got Matt Levy and Joel Ford. Yeah, it, uh, once again, Jimmy, it's Levy. <laughs> levy? <laughs> to the levy. Yo! Levy to the levy. And Anthony Accardi from Transmitter. Hey, Jimmy. And great. And we got our uh, a sales rep from Threes, Victoria.
6: It's what's happening, man?
4: There's a lot of people in this room, but this is what a Beer Week preview is like. So, you know, just to get started, Corey, you know, we, we've known each other a long time. I know when you, 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 you ran Proletariat, um, used to work at Whole Foods. I'm always proud of you and I, I'm really respectful of of your beer knowledge and and connections and uh it's great to have you on the show. And Ian also Ian Lundquist uh from the Well. So we're going to you know I'm always a big fan of the of the the best beer bars and and the guys running them. I feel like you guys have knowledge and you know connections that uh, the average person wishes they had and you're not bogged down by the day-to-day of running a brewery, you know. I mean, do you guys feel special that you get, you're at a great job in this great city?
7: Uh, I love my job, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, my job is to make sure that the bar has uh, the beer that I want to drink, or the best, you know, the best of what's available in the New York City market, um, with somebody else's money. That's pretty awesome. I just get to buy all the beer that I want with my boss's money. And it's great to have a boss, uh, an owner of the well, Josh, who's, who's as enthusiastic about beer as I am, that supports that.
4: And last year, you had a really great uh, panel. You had a Joe from Grimm's, you had uh, Tony from Casey Some really great people on that panel.
7: Yeah, we've got two more of those uh, for Beer Week this year. We've got uh, one on Sunday. Uh, and we have one the following Saturday. Um, they're going to be hosted by Chris and Mary, Chris Kuzma and Mary Azet. Um, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Great. And Corey, man, uh, you know you've been through so much. Beer Street is a rocking
4: place. Uh, you know what? What are you doing for Beer Week?
8: We got a couple of cool things, man. Tomorrow, like a pre-Beer Week thing, we're part of uh, along with the Well, um, Spiten, Toast, and Brewery Lane. Uh, we're launching True from Denver, who are the fucking coolest man. Uh, really beautiful, like delicate wild ales and metal, and that just makes me so happy. And then um, Sunday is our annual uh, Suarez Hudson Valley and Threes event, uh, which is rad. Uh, it's the third annual um The Wednesday following, Plan B, I think their first kind of real event in New York, if I remember correctly. And we have like 12 or something bottles we're going to pour by the glass, ridiculous. Uh, and then we're going to round it out the final Sunday on the 4th of March with Sand City, five lines from them, um, KCBC, and Interborough. So it's going to be really rad, man.
3: That's
4: great, man. Yeah, real fun. And uh, we get some, you know, having Anthony here from uh, Transmitter. Anthony, remember a couple years ago, I sat with you and Kelly Taylor. We were just talking about beer, and I'm um, I'm really happy to have you back on the show.
2: Thanks. It's always good to be here. Um, it's always a good vibe, and uh, I like such a big group of people. It's fun to be in the room with so many people.
4: Yeah, and we're gonna taste some of your beers today, and and also, threes and the guys from threes, Joel and Matt. What's your last name again, Matt?
9: It's uh, it's it's Levy. Levy. Okay. Like the yeah. jeans. jeans. right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm having trouble getting started today, but I think we I think we should t- Cory, you have their first beer. Let's let's uh. Get a beer going. And, and uh, I really want to talk to Anthony. You know, we had that conversation with Kelly Taylor. You know, everyone, there's hazy IPAs. There's different styles. People are knocking out beers. But we did have this conversation. You talked about your beers take time. And it's resonated with me. Last week we had E9 from Tacoma, Washington. They had, you know, some really good, you know, wild ales. And people talk about ogooses gooses. And, and there's something about, you know, giving certain styles of beer time. And I almost want to call it slow beer and i feel like you're you're one of the guys that i first talked to about it
2: um you know we i think you know beer has four ingredients and i think the the fifth ingredient is time um i think it's important for certain styles of beer to really allow that um, allow that to flourish and use it as part of the process so um You know, not all beers need to be slow. Clearly, a ten-day IPA is good at ten days, and that's amazing. Um, But uh, beers that are more yeast-forward tend to continue to develop in good ways, and um, I think it's critical to allow them their time, so to speak.
4: That's great. What do you guys think, Joel and Matt? um, You know, any thoughts about certain beers that take more time, or you know, any approach you guys are doing? or beers that you like?
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I, at Threes, we make a lot of lagers. Um, they're all done, you know, traditionally. Everything we do is unfiltered. Um, you know, I learned at Peak Skill that IPAs are often better when they take a little bit of time, at least to settle out some of the, some of the yeast matter and stuff. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think that it depends on the beer. Uh, we are making some IPAs that are pushed out a little faster because they're fresher. Um, but in terms of the lager program, they're usually four to six weeks. And, um, you know, we're doing a lot of fooder lagers, oak fermented lagers that can take up to two months. So it just kind of depends when the beer's ready. Joel's focusing on barrels, so that's, those are longer term projects he can talk about.
4: Yeah, and it, for you guys, it, to, to allocate those resources, I mean, that's a big jump, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, time is, a, time and resources and space is, a, space is a thing in New York City. So, um, you know, it's either uh, time or CO2 is your ingredient. Um, so we do, we do a little of both.
4: Great. And Justin, uh, Threes, uh, you know, you're Sycamore, one of the Good Beer Bars. I've known you for years. Um, you know, how do you feel like the beer program is going at Threes and, you know, anything going on?
10: I mean, I've, I've, I've been excited about it since day one. Um, these guys right now are just like creating an amazing portfolio and continuing to do just an awesome job. And I'm glad that I work there every day so I can drink some beers every day that they're making. So it's great.
4: That's great. And, Corey, what did you pour for us?
8: This is the uh, Suarez Family General Store, which is another one of his oak-aged wild ales, uh, country beers, uh, that I think is meant to be in the style of a beer to guard as a base, which I've actually not had yet, so I'm really psyched about this. Cheers, everybody.
4: Cheers. Here. Cheers. Thank I you. mean, once again, Corey, you'll, you'll blow me away with the, the connections you have and the beers that you bring in. I saw that. It's a large, like, 750 bottle. It's a 1.5 liter, yeah, right? Yeah, it's an Agnum. I thought it was... Um, Something from Europe. You know? Yeah,
8: I mean, you know, just as good, if not better, and uh, from not far from here, which is great.
4: Uh, does um, anyone want to talk about, you know, how this tastes to them? This is pretty wild. It's like a oak wild ale from Hudson Valley, New York. I mean, who heard of that before?
8: It's beautiful. so clean. So yeah. clean. A little malty, a little tangy. I mean, the, the tartness is pretty subdued, but present really light on the palate. Like, most of his beers are very delicate, which I really appreciate. Um, and, I mean, it's another another hit from Suarez, certainly. Yeah. yeah.
4: And Joel, you said you're doing some barrel work as well? Yeah, a- yeah. S- we have certain a, styles?
1: We have a whole bunch of stuff in barrels, uh, you know, ranging from Saison's to uh, some fruited beers that we're doing, uh, a few few uh, whiskey barrels and stuff like that, yeah. Uh, like, last week, we just racked over Saison uh, with... Uh, uh, some uh, great must that had been in barrels for over two years, two years in a day.
4: Wow! <laughs> and Ian at the Well, I know I know you've got like quite a few taps, and you really stack it for, for Beer Week. Any, we do any certain breweries that you have lined up that you're looking forward to tasting this week?
7: Yeah. Well, as Corey mentioned, we have the True Event tomorrow. It's a pretty cool concept. It's a bar crawl with uh, with Brewery Spiten, Beer Street, uh, Tourist, and the Well. A pretty novel event. I don't think anybody's done anything quite like that before. And everybody participating, you know, everybody in the the North Brooklyn beer community is is pretty tight. So it's a pretty cool thing to be participating with uh, all these people, participating in with all these people. Um, and then on Sunday we've got um, Barrier Grim, KCBC, Equilibrium, and uh, oh crap, <laughs> somebody else that's going to. They're going to be pissed at me later on. <laughs> Pipeworks. 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 Thank you. They um, came last year. <laughs> they're from out of town, so they probably wanted yeah, Chicago, years. right? Pipeworks. Chicago. Yeah, lovely people. Really great people. So, uh, I mean, it's 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 always a lot of work, but it's always really amazing once it happens to get so many fun, cool people together talking about, kind of, kind of pulling the curtain back and talking about what it is like, you know, what's like to make beer and what their day-to-day is. Maybe even shelling out a little dirt. on the the industry or talking about like things that people aren't aware of that it it takes to make beer. So the events always turn out to be fun because you get kind of an inside look and then you get to go drink their beer.
4: And and when you're buying you know beer kegs of beer there's so many choices so many good breweries. I mean do do you feel like you're missing out? Do you feel like you get to buy all the beer you want?
7: No. Always missing out. There's always something that I'm like oh man how did I miss that? There's only so many taps even though we have 60 there's still only so many taps. So <laughs> it's uh yeah, oh, wow. I mean there's 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 so much amazing beer right now that it's 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 almost it seems kind of you ever go out and you you know, you go to like a, a club or your your friend has a birthday somewhere and they've got like twenty lines and it's all just like crap and you're like it's like irresponsible these days to not have something amazing on because there's so much amazing beer. How do you how do you not have some amazing option on, local option on at all times? So. You know,
4: some places have these new kind of self-guided tasting machines, and I haven't really experienced them yet. But I feel like going to the well is is like that. I mean, you have so many different great beers that I've never tried. Yeah, um, I'd love to just go there and taste all the beers. Awesome, that's the point. That's what I'm doing yeah. this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, please.
7: <laughs> that's the whole point to come and 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 taste a bunch of cool, like esoteric, adventurous weird beer that you might not have ever heard of but also try like some classics and standards if you're new to beer and you're you're catching up or maybe you just want to chug a pint of pilsner and that's totally okay too so we've got something for everybody there we try to anyway have something for everybody well cheers everybody welcome to
4: the show i'm so glad to have you all on thank you and victoria from threes you know you're on the sales (laughs) side uh yeah what, what, what are you pitching this week for threes you know you i know you have special limited uh kegs and I used to get a whole bunch of them at Jimmy's number 43. So
6: Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I was sending out an email today that we just released um, for us out to market this 11 Madison Park collaboration we did, um, which is delicious. It's called Grain of Salt and it has Amagansett salt in it, sea salt. And that a lot of times people look at like a salted beer and they think that it's going to be a lot of salinity and a lot of stuff happening. And it's just, it's a banking saison that, that the salt you don't even notice. It just, it like reinforces this note that. I'm like, oh, you can see why these guys collaborated on this for a restaurant. You know, it like makes food Wait, pop. Wait, so
4: Matt and Joel, when you guys make it, do you do the hashtag Salt Bay?
6: Oh, they're Salt Bays Finish? Don't, yeah. don't <laughs> let them say anything else. You know these boys are
4: Salt Bays. <laughs>
9: finishing it off.
4: so you talking
9: about? You don't know
4: about that, Matt? You don't know the hashtag Salt Bay?
9: No, uh, no, you're, you're younger at heart than me, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for teaching us. A yeah.
4: <laughs> little meat juice in there. You putting meat juice in your beers now, too? <laughs> what? <laughs> Levy. <Yeah>. Levy. <laughs> Victoria, see, you got the whole party started.
6: I'm trying. I'm just here to crank it up. You know, yeah. that's that sales rep life. Woo! That's what we're doing, huh? Um, so I also looking- was a bartender, so that helps as well. Shots, guys, is that what we're... Nope, not yet? Okay. All right, I'll come back to you on that.
4: But you guys distribute through Union Beer, but you're also are you also going out there talking to accounts, or are you just more like working the phones, taking orders?
6: No, honestly, I mean, like I said, I was the bartender from the get-go with Threes, and um, we just recently have been able to expand. We're starting to increase some production, and so I kind of elbowed my way in there to say if you guys are ready to have someone out on the streets like talking up the brand, I mean, I drink the Kool-Aid, or Flavor-Aid, according to Jonestown. Either way. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get into trivia. But yeah, I mean, I just I love what we do. I was super fortunate to have a connection and start working at Threes and realize that these guys actually make really solid beers that are super great to drink. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, hit the streets. Talk to our clients, talk to some accounts that we've had, see if I can find some new people to try the awesome beers that we're making, you know. Just out there, Jimmy.
4: That's great. I'm so glad. You, and I'm glad I remembered your name, Victoria. Yeah, I know, Took me right? five times. I'm
6: glad you said yours at the start of the show. It was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, we're going to get this, brother. We're going to crush it, man.
4: I love that. All right. Victoria and Jimmy, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
8: Is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Robertas, a super duper awesome place? Robertas is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super
2: awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
4: Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out, HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can become a member. There's a lot of perks and benefits, including hanging out in the studio with me. You can come on a Tuesday night, five o'clock, at Roberta's Pizza, and uh, get to hang out with these great beer guys. So we're talking about New York City Beer Week preview with guys from Transmitter Threes and two of my favorite beer bars, Beer Street and and the Well. So Corey, you've <laughs> poured another beer. We had we had a crazy Suarez uh, Oak Wildale, and now what's the next beer?
8: Ian brought this one actually. It is from True. He went ahead and tapped the beer a little early, which I'm thankful for because I'd want to be drinking this shit asap. But that's what, true. What do we got? Oh,
7: shit. This is... Uh, <clears throat> we're not sure how to pronounce this. Corey thinks it's Eket. I said Ekate. I don't know. We'll ask the true guys tomorrow during the event. But, ecate uh, probably. Ecate. It's got to yeah. be. It's got to <laughs> be. Uh, this is a, a golden wild ale aged on uh, grape pomace. Um, so, uh, yeah, I haven't even tasted it yet. Somebody else can maybe take over and... It's real good. It's, yeah, here me. we go.
2: Real good. I mean, it, you know, those guys out there make some grape beer for sure. This is... Um, It's interesting because it's much more aggressive than uh, Suarez, um, uh, but super delicious, like nice funky edge to it, I think, from the great must. Um, uh, It's it's another beautiful beer. And I feel like
4: the last couple of years, you know, sours have been like the category everyone wants to try sours. But I really feel like that that people are are able to talk a little deeper about sours. And this is the second wild ale we've had today. Um, You guys?
2: Yeah.
7: Uh, what was the question? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, no question. Well, you just want me to take over <laughs> for a second? Take over, bro. Wild Dales. Um, I mean, we can go deeper in Sours. May, may I? Uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, like, Sour is not a category anymore. It's not... I mean, I remember watching it happen
8: at Proletariat, really. You know, it was like there was an Asimov article about Gosa, kind of, and that, like, just did it. And because he was appealing to wine people, obviously, he... Uh, He sort of set it in motion with those people and it really trickled down and like quickly and it spread like wildfire. And so I remember like, you know, in the Whole Foods days, Cantillon being on the shelf, people looking at a bottle saying this is nice and looking at the 750 and it was $23 10, 12 years ago. And they were like, oh, mm -mm." so I would just buy like another one each week and just be like, "Okay, great. Keep buying these. Um, so it's almost like we now lament the loss of these brands because we can't necessarily get them as easily as we used to. But there's so many more people attempting various Sour Ale styles, not necessarily goods or Lambic or whatever. But, I mean, it's it's really amazing to be where we are now, where there are so many breweries and so many of them are really, really great. Really great.
4: That's great. Anthony, are you know, you guys make Saisons, and let's talk about what you guys are doing. Are, are you making any wild ales at all?
2: Um, we do. Uh, probably about a, about 25% of our production is what I would call wild ale in the style of what we're drinking now. Stuff that takes a year in a barrel and another year in a bottle to come together. Uh, those are the slowest beers we make. Um and uh, you know we make fast beers as well, which to us is more like three months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, which ones are uh, the fast beers? Uh, some of the saisons can we can get done in uh, get done in ten or twelve weeks. Um, you know everything we do is bottle condition, which adds to our our, our process time. Uh, we just like what it, what happens to the beer in uh, in the conditioning process, so. Uh, that's become an important part of our brand, I think, and how, and, and our approach. Um, once you're in the middle of it, uh, time is time. It's, you just give it what it needs, and you know, we're still lucky in that we can really focus on the best quality beer that we can make, and I think that's an important part of, of Transmitter as well.
4: Justin popped can. It looks like a three, so I guess I want to get in line for the, the next beer. And Anthony, also earlier you talked about that you guys are actually doing can aging.
2: Yeah, so we um, uh, we decided we would put beer in cans. Uh, for, so for the first four years of Transmitter, we've done bottles and, uh, and kegs and everything is bottle or keg conditioned. Uh, over the last six or seven months, we've been working with cans and testing can conditioning, which is essentially naturally carbonating the beer in the can. Uh, Most beer that you drink today is fourth-carbed. You put CO2 in it and you can it and it's good to go. Uh, We chose to do our beer the slow way and uh, actually can condition it. So we add a little bit of sugar, a little bit of yeast, the yeast metabolizes the sugar, makes CO2 in the can just like you would with standard traditional bottle conditioning.
4: I thought you couldn't do that with cans.
2: Um, No, you can. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It takes testing and people uh, are generally afraid of it because of um, uh, it can can go south. Um, But with care and attention, um, it's just another vessel for beer and you can treat it as such.
8: Anthony, what do you think about um, you know, the potential for people putting these can conditioned saisons onto shelves that aren't cold, like at Whole Foods or wherever else. like how have you been able to contend with that? <clears throat>
2: um, you know we, uh, we're super patient in fermentation, so some of those traditional worries are that things going on shelves still have residual sugar in them, um, and they'll continue to carbonate in the, in the warmth in a warm environment. Um, because of our patients, um, that's not so much uh, consideration. The, um, one of the cool things about can conditioning is that there's very low uh, levels of oxygen left in the can because the yeast metabolizes that oxygen. And uh, so they end up being super stable over time. Uh, they'll change because they're still living organisms. They're still alive. The beers are still moving and changing. Uh, but it's almost always for the better.
7: How do you feel about people cellaring your cans? Or do you recommend that they get drunk more fresh?
2: Yeah, um, people should get drunk.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but would you, say, would you say that bottle conditioning and can conditioning now are the same thing, or there's a difference? Yeah,
2: uh, they are the same thing. Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's the same process we use for the bottles. Um, we think of it the same way. We, we're a little bit, the cans can't hold Quite as much CO two as a as a traditional champagne bottle or punted bottle, um, so we we're a little bit more. We pay a little more attention to the level of carbonation, but um, we're still bringing the cans up to um, what I would consider our more traditional saison levels of CO two.
4: So with the can, I mean, at what stages do you stop and test certain cans to see, like a few weeks out, a few months out,
2: uh, all all of that. I mean that that's uh, testing is at that point is um, pretty much a constant. Um, I mean we need to know what's happening at at different times. So great. And
4: then uh, Justin from Threes, you just poured uh, a Threes can. Uh, Let's talk about this beer. Jump over to Threes.
10: I'm gonna let uh, Matt Levy talk about this beer. Come on, Levy. All
9: right. Um
4: it's like with Victoria, I have yeah. to say his name like five times, Levy. Come on, Levy. Is it he-
9: leaving? <laughs> <laughs> who, who cares? Um so uh yeah, this is counterpart. Um this is our, you know, we we, we canned this a few days ago. <laughs> um it's yesterday. a pa- yesterday. It's a <laughs> it's a Pale Ale. Um really really like this beer a lot. It's I would say it's a it's a staff favorite. Uh, It's about four to four and a half percent. Super smooth, um, delicate, simple. uh, You know, this is a great beer for drinking in this seventy degree February. I'll take a repo. Um, What style
4: is this? It's like—is this extra pale ale? This is like a hot. Because this isn't. This is like the kind of style that I was drinking a lot from you guys last year.
9: Yeah, it's it's just a pale ale with low bitterness. I mean, a, a lot of our beers have a similar focus they're balanced simple you can drink pints of them and you know the second pint is as good as the first i hope um but they're 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 social drinking beers same as vliet i think they serve a similar purpose but yeah
1: joel uh yeah yeah uh so this beer has citra hops in it but it also has a german varietal called sapphire so it's a like a little twist on you know what everybody else is is doing and like the hot names and hops so old world meets new old world so i think i like about this style tech. of
4: pale ale it's, it's very dry like it's dry refreshing but it's not like too citrusy it's not like what the session ipas were a few years ago and Corey, i mean is this style jive for you guys like a nice dry pale ale
7: Oh, absolutely. The uh, the more sessionable, the better. I think Corey and I'd probably agree that there's a lot of really big beers out there. And working in beer, it's it's tough to uh, to constantly drink eight percent, you know, double IPAs or stouts with things thrown into them. And it's really great and exciting, I think, to see a lot of people making really, really flavorful. I think that's the most difficult thing is to make a really flavorful sessionable beer, something that you can that packs a lot of flavor, but you can drink. You know, Socially, as Matt said. And so.
8: ideally balanced. And balanced. Which is really the problem. You know, <laughs> if somebody at the bar asks me what kind of beer I like, I say balanced. Because one, it's a stupid fucking question. And two, <laughs> that's the only real answer. You know, that's the yeah. only real is
4: answer. Is it harder to, to get, for, for Matt and Joel, is it harder to get flavor out of a, a lower alcohol beer than a bigger alcohol beer?
9: Um, Yeah, I, I think that the whole. To make a beer balanced and delicate, and, and keep it flavorful is, I guess it's sort of a challenge. But for me, with this beer, it's about caring about more than just the hops. It's about caring about the malt, the yeast profile, uh, where it finishes in fermentation. Um, you know, we, it's it's still super hazy people, so even though it's <laughs> simple, but um, yeah, it's 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 about all those other <laughs> elements, kind of like propping up the hops, as opposed to the hops are the only thing you're really focusing on.
4: Corey, you like that, didn't you? you? Said hazy, and you started giving it. Yeah.
9: You're making me feel old, man.
8: What's this called? <laughs>
4: what, how would you describe this motion? He took his fist and it's a, kind of it's a, a fuck yeah, you know. Like, uh. Victoria, how would you? What, what? What? Do you have a term for that? Physical expression.
6: I believe the meme was Success Kid, <laughs> but that's just me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. It's like, and Salt Bay is like up. What's his name. Yeah. That's what <laughs> This is it. This is what Beer Week's like now, you know? <laughs> and you guys, I got to get Rob on Rob. You know, you, you're going to be at the opening bash on Saturday. It's uh, It's become yeah, it's the big um, event.
5: 30 New York City breweries or so, and maybe. Thirty outside New York City breweries. Um, no, it's going to be a great time. Over a thousand people uh, sells out every year, so the guild's super happy about hosting it. Uh, it's in Greenpoint, and if you haven't bought your tickets, you're not going to
4: go because this show comes on much later than the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you guys have to find a balance. I mean, weren't you guys just down in Florida for like the Wake Fest for Jay Wakefield? Um, we had beer down at the Wake Fest.
5: We actually didn't get to go. Um, I have some family that lives down in Miami, so my sister-in-law uh, poured beer for Transmitter. She was team Transmitter.
4: Yeah, I but mean, do, do you go a lot of, to these other like specialty beer festivals around the country?
5: Uh, we actually do very few. Um, it's we're a super small brewery in New York right now, so uh, most of our time is focused making beer um, and you know selling beer. Um, we're trying to do more stuff as we try to grow and expand. So hopefully, in the coming years, we'll be at more of the national events.
4: Right. Cheers to everybody. Cheers.
5: Yeah.
4: Cheers. And. Uh, Corey, man. Welcome to it. You always bring the craziest beers. Come on, Jimmy. I mean, you know, that Suarez family, for a while, weren't they weren't even delivering to Manhattan. That's right. But they were delivering to you. That's why Brooklyn. I opened a bar in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, man. Suarez. <laughs> Let's talk. Okay. okay before the like, break, anecdote. So, yeah. Okay. Swag and uh, the industry. All right. You're a long-time beer bar manager, buyer. One time you worked at a big establishment and what? Someone gave you... What was it? A snowboard? <laughs> <laughs> you like that story. I love that story. But this is like the thing, the stories that people want to know about. I received a
8: snowboard from uh, one of the best reps I've ever worked for, who was the Anheuser-Busch rep. And now, we didn't buy Budweiser at Whole Foods back then, but we did buy Stella and we did buy Leffa and some of the other ones. And... He was just a really nice guy, you know. He didn't give a shit about beer, and it didn't matter, because he was good at his job. He would do me favors, I would do him favors every now and again, and it was great. And uh, he uh, offered me this snowboard. And normally, I feel like most people would say, "Why?" Would like I Sean White, that?
4: right? Sean White has a snowboard. Sean Hill? Sean. I don't know. <laughs>
8: Pro- probably not, but Olympics, uh, dude. <laughs> But uh, I was actually seeing a girl at the time who uh, was a snowboarder. And so I was like, man, I'll, I'll take that. And uh, fast forward a week or so, and uh, I was brought into the the office, the management office. And I was told that I didn't have a job anymore because I accepted a gift from a supplier over $25 value. And that had to be uh, um, uh, okayed by upper management first.
4: But that's actually what started you really off on your career, wasn't it?
8: yeah definitely yeah that's how I made all the relationships I did with some of the guys who were union reps at the time that are upper management there now and you know breweries and importers people like BR from Shelton of course and the Be the, uh, United guys John and Mike and all these people yeah definitely
4: well cheers man yeah it's great to have you on I really haven't seen you in a while and I'm um, looking forward to checking out Beer Street uh, during Beer Week so we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio all right Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. So, we're talking about getting free swag when you buy beer. Ian, what happened? So, you're not getting snowboards
7: from transmitter or threes? What the fuck, guys? Where's the transmitter snowboard for me to not ever use? Because I don't do anything like that. Here you go, Ian there's a sticker (laughs) i'm being presented with a sticker right now by victoria and i she threw it and i didn't even catch it no 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 no. it's a fucking cool sticker
4: doesn't that lead us back to the bigger question of craft beer so the the macro guys have money to give out snowboards and t-shirts and take you to oh uh sports tickets right but the craft beer guys are putting what their money in in their beer is that what you guys are doing rob Nerds, (laughs)
5: Nerds. <laughs> Put money to beer in uh New York City real estate um, rents <laughs> yeah. and, and cost of living and uh, yeah, it's it's tough to run a brewery in New York City. I mean I'm sure Justin will agree. Yeah,
10: absolutely Absolutely. One hundred percent. But it's it's
4: really that much more like if you guys were like in North Carolina. I mean are other costs that much higher in New York than somewhere like that?
5: I mean as long as you're not in Nashville, which is, you know, I think sort of the ship is sailed for Asheville real estate, but um, New York City real estate is the most expensive real estate in North America besides maybe San Francisco. So couple that with labor costs and uh, living costs, it's, yeah, it's probably the most expensive place to do business.
4: I remember when we first started the show 2010-11, Rich Buchata, who ended up opening Single Cut, Beersmith, and Astoria, Queens, at the time, for, for those same reasons, he was looking at places like up, up in the Hudson Valley and other counties. And I feel like that somehow he decided he, he found a place in Queens. And the next thing you know, uh, Brooklyn Brewery decided to stay in Williamsburg. W- what was that hook? If New York City is so expensive, how do we go from like four breweries to 30?
10: I think there was a lot of excitement back in like, uh, 2007, 2008, there were like a few craft beer, like breweries that have had opened and kind of brought this kind of like, I don't know, this new era of like what they could be doing with beer. And from then on, it just, there were people who were working in all these breweries who were talking about doing their own thing from like Sam and Matt from Mother half to Jesse from Innerborough to like, I mean, it, the list can go on and on and on, but like, um, basically i mean i i agree with like rob like it's just like there's a point where you do this out of excitement then you realize oh shit like i can't just expand next door like real estate's tight like prices are always going up so we have to just try to figure out how we're gonna keep rolling at
4: threes were were you guys considering opening a like a production brewery somewhere else or you're not
10: doing at some point we will yeah we're we're, we've been in talks we were uh, looking at long island we passed on that we're now considering what we're going to be doing next
4: Yeah. And Robert, are you guys uh, expanding or anything like that?
10: Yeah, we're actually, um, we have a lease
5: signed at the Brooklyn Navy Yards um, in the, what actually Brooklyn Brewing was going to move into. Um, That's going to happen over the next six to eight months. So hopefully uh, we'll be open in the summer in a big brewery, tap room, um, food hall situation at the Navy Yard.
4: But so the numbers work for you? Or are you scared?
5: Oh,
2: we're scared. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's shaking his head. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's like my little transmitter boys. Come yeah, on. yeah.
2: Um, you know, it's still New York City. Uh, you know, the the problem is that this is where we live. So this is where you want to work. Um, this is where you know people. This is where it's happening. Um, on the on the good side, there's eight million people within you know, six mile radius. Uh, the bad thing about That's New York why City the is-, is slow. <laughs> right? The bad side is that everyone's distracted by a million other potential things going on. You know, shows and museums and all sorts of other things to distract your attention. So, um, uh, there are, you know, it's, it's two sides of a coin. It's not easy. Um, the smart money does um, moves fifty miles in any one direction and sells beer to New York City. I mean, that's what smart people do. Yeah. Um, since I'm not smart, um, I'm staying put. <laughs> I think you are smart. I just think you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs>
4: and then Ian, for you at the well, you know, with those sixty taps. What's your ratio of uh, New York City breweries versus like faraway breweries? It's and then there's be- the in between, but
7: yeah, well, it's become more New York centric over time as the, the breweries have opened. Um, I would, uh, I would say, I mean, I would say maybe at times fifty percent, maybe maybe give or take a little bit, but I mean, it's it's really easy to do right now to have mostly local beer, and um, I mean, we find that also with with beer tourism becoming uh, more of an international thing, there's more appeal in New York. People are are coming to this city just to check out all of the breweries. And if they, for some reason, can't, um, the well is a really great destination for checking out. Basically, like, it's a, it's a representation of what's happening locally. We have a little bit of, of something from, from everybody. Corey, do you have something you'd like to say? <laughs> no, please continue. You, I lost my train of thought. Where's my snowboard?
4: <laughs> where'd, I, where'd I put my snowboard? The well, then, it, and what about this beer we're drinking? This is uh, this a transmitter? Oh,
2: uh, I think we're yeah. I think everyone's got uh, G one. Um, it's uh, one of two of our um, of our cans. We I think just that's released. my new nickname, G
4: one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like I it. like that name.
3: That is cool.
2: <laughs> the um, so we bought we uh, we didn't bottle this a month ago. We canned it a month ago, and um, uh, it conditioned over the course of the last month. And it's our first can offering. Um, you'll notice that. Um, we put a lid on the both top and bottom, so you shouldn't sell her this beer. It's meant to be chugged, so please just drink it when you, when you get it.
4: But h- how long did this beer, th- this is your fast, slow beer, how long did this, this uh, kind of Yeah, sit? this
2: is a fast beer. Um, we, we canned this uh, in the middle of January. Re- we mm-hmm. released it the first week of February. It took two weeks to uh, carbonate, um, and, uh, and it's good to go. So um, we let it sit in the fermenter for six weeks before canning, which is, the you know, our slow part, our patient part.
4: Wait, Justin, you're just looking at what's up with this can? Are you, mm-hmm. like, looking at the top and the bottom? I didn't quite Drink get faster, at
2: that. Drink faster,
7: Jimmy. <laughs> 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 the ketchup. Yeah, I have a question for a transmitter. First of all, the cans are beautiful, and congratulations on cans. It's awesome. I wonder, do you think... Welcome to America. <laughs> right, right? Do you think with, with cans and can culture becoming more pervasive, um, do, you, do you think this is a, a good place for people to enter? People that are obsessed with hops and IPAs, which are you know probably the, most of the cans that you find are IPAs, do you think this is a kind of a, a good entry point for people that maybe don't normally drink Belgian ales or Saison's who entered beer through the hop thing are going to go, well, that's in a can. And I like cans, so let me try this Belgian beer. And maybe they'll, they'll be turned on to, to something different, something, something you know. Maybe, this, maybe it's revolutionary in that sense. What do you think of that?
5: I think it's absolutely the, um, the IPA thing is tough on people's palates, especially double IPAs. It's really high alcohol, kind of hard to Good match one, with yeah. some food. So these sort of let people, you know, open cans up, single service, have it with dinner, um... I think it just expands the kind of beer people can drink, and um, and nothing beats that sound of a <laughs> of a
7: well-carbed can. You didn't have to pour it all over my lap, Corey.
1: Uh, one, one That's question not for you here. beer. I'm not going to. I've tested up on that. the shotgun ability of these. Uh, can we, we attest cans. to the high-quality shotgun ability. <laughs> Thank you.
3: That's
1: all. I, sorry, Corey, is I that another know.
8: G1? Or is that <laughs> something you else? You know, this is actually the S4 saison, which, man, is one of my favorite transmitter beers. Sorry, there's beer on the mic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's to be expected after this
4: show. This which is what happens just... in New York. It's a beer week preview, and I usually find that we're like... Monday or Tuesday of Beer Week, I actually can't talk anymore. (laughs) And everyone keeps starting earlier. I mean, this is Tuesday. Beer Week's supposed to start on Friday. But you're having what, Ian? You have events starting Wednesday.
7: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of us that are doing that event. But uh, this, this Beer Week in particular feels like, you know, I used to play music. I used to be in a band. We toured. This feels like South by Southwest. It feels like this year in particular, everybody is doing a lot. The whole city has just become be- very, very beer-centric. Everybody's involved it's in a lot of fucking events. time. Yeah, it's awesome, Christ. right? It's awesome, but I'm so tired already. <laughs> but excited. But yeah. excited. I know who's
4: not tired, though. Victoria's not. You're the fresh new energy we need.
6: Uh, fresh faces. I believe that's what they call us in Vogue. Is that not what we're talking about? <laughs> no, I'm looking good over here, y'all. Face for radio. Uh, I'm ready to crush it this beer week. Ian, let's do it. Who's shotgunning with me? Nobody?
7: Absolutely not me. Okay,
6: awesome. Good to I'm know. Sorry. Good to know. So on That's the goofy side, I mean, now that Beer Week is
4: such a thing, are there any, like, beer competitions going on, guys? Any type of uh, best brewery or best beer event or the Rupert's Cup? You still have those things going on?
2: Uh, there is. Uh, I think all those things are going on. Um, Rupert's Cup is, um, is it, It's based on uh, New York City beer. Um, you know, the smash beer that the Brewers Guild does. Um, people uh, come together um, and make a New York State ingredient beer of various styles and then vote on it, essentially. Um, the, um, and I think there are ancillary uh, uh, contests, best bar, best bartender, best event, like all sorts of sort of fun, goofy things going on for that.
4: And then, what do you? Will this mayor ever come out? You think Mayor De Blasio would come out and like crack a keg or a cask and say it's New York City Beer Week? Now I remember Mayor Bloomberg used used to give us a proclamation every summer, July's Good Beer Month, and Mayor De Blasio hasn't been as uh, into like doing those kind of public humiliations.
7: (laughs) We should all
9: tweet him right now.
7: (laughs) He
4: should come out. He should come out the opening bash and you know hoist a pint or something, right?
9: I hope he has uh, more important things to do with this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jimmy, Jimmy, who's winning uh, best coaster this year?
4: Well, uh, that was industrial arts <laughs> last year. Really uh, stood out, guys. I don't know. Do you guys have a, a coaster just in there? I don't, this is a thing, Ian. These local craft breweries there's, don't there's have coasters. This is on the table. It kind of looks like oh, yeah. a coaster right now. That's because <laughs> coasters well, are so ugly that.
8: and outmoded. So, moving forward. Do you forward. get free
4: coasters now instead of uh, snowboards, Corey? Hmm. Huh? Do you get free coasters instead
8: of snowboards? No, Jimmy, we don't use coasters because they're ugly and outmoded.
4: Oh, they are? Yes.
6: <laughs> at Threes, we consistently use Allagash's free coasters, so thanks, you guys, to our friends up in Maine. Really keeping yeah. it clean at the bar, you guys.
4: Thank you. And which craft brewery is uh, providing the most quality pint glasses? For a while, it was what? Sierra Nevada? Bells? Bells.
7: Wow. You got. Uh, I heard they say uh, Bells. On them. on the side of them. <laughs> That's cool, actually. And then there's a picture of the uh, bells logo. You're kidding? No, it's it's a kind of a new development. Are Man- those
2: bells on that logo? I never read
7: that. <laughs> <laughs> Many beer bars. It's very. Literal. I thought they were hats. <laughs>
4: on the marketing budget. I'm still a big fan of the Chimay goblets, which are very prevalent as well.
8: I'm a big fan of paying for better glassware.
4: <laughs> and what is that? So you guys tors that funny shaped glass. uh you know how did that take off the tegu
8: glass yeah that's the best glass ever man that's a great glass that glass is italian by design and german by uh, production and um proletariat i think was one of the first places to use them around and you see them the proliferation has been great and a lot of the breweries make them now and proletariat has their own uh, branded glass right now which is super cool and uh you know, It's just a really great all-encompassing beer glass where instead of having a, a, a glass for every single beer like you would in a sort of traditional Belgian sense, this one pretty much does it for all. And like certain beers, like a really great pale ale or a Pills or something, I'm not going to bother putting in that glass.
4: Wait, I'm getting confused. Matt, you just poured me a beer. What did I get?
9: Matt, what did he get? <laughs> uh, this is a peer review. It's a collab we did with Industrial Arts that we canned yesterday. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's a double IPA with uh, with a bunch of fresh mango, um, Not frozen mango. special yeast blend, <laughs> <Joe's> and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Galaxy hops. It's 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 juicy.
4: Because some people are mixing my glasses, but but Corey, were you the one? Did you actually like start that trend f- to start using that glassware? I mean, if, glassware? if
8: proletariat was, we can thank Chris Elford, who was really the brains behind the birth of that. And he left about six months into it, and then I took over. And I was helping him with the ordering early on and service and things like that. But it was really Chris who recognized the beauty in that glass and then and moved forward. And what's, and he, what's the he's brand ins- of glassware? Teku, T-E-K-U. Uh, a collaborative design between Teo Musso, who owns Baladin in, in Rome, and uh, Kuaska, who's this incredibly prolific and ridiculous, wonderful beer guru.
4: And then brewery guys, like uh, Threes and tra- Transmitter. Do you guys have... Think that you should have set glassware in your tasting rooms to showcase your styles of beer? And is that possible financially? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, but no. (laughs) And people steal glasses
2: too, right? uh, Well, you branded know,
5: glassware never. Right.
2: I mean, no, no branded glassware uh, in the brewery, for sure. Um, that's only for sale. The um, We change our glassware style every time we buy it um, to sort of um, showcase various styles of beer, and different styles of beer are, are better in different glassware. So because we don't have flagship beers, we really uh, work towards showing that with the glassware choices as well.
4: You know, going way back, like, Corey might remember this, like 12 years ago, it was a different time, and, it, and I know state laws changed. Uh, a lot of the older, like, European breweries, you know, uh, Schneider, Aventinas, Chimay, Duvel, had their own glasses for their, for their, and more of a, especially the Belgian breweries, had their own glassware for their own beer. And I remember when, back in 2005, Every beer we had on tap had a specific glassware from from the supplier, and it was a different era. And s- someone I might have been Governor Spitzer, if you remember him. Uh, they 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 really canned that aspect of of the swag, but um, just something to talk about because you know as beer bar guys, we, we it would be nice to get a snowboard, <laughs> but we also know that we're not gonna we don't want that to be the answer from InBev. that Oh, I get to. Get a that kind of beer and free swag, but
6: well, coming from the bartending side over at Threes, I definitely know we brand our tulip. So we, I think we've tried to streamline it a little bit with our like sampler glass, and then we definitely. I mean, it's not the fancy axis glass that you guys have of the German. Nazi, whatever. We don't need to talk about that. That's the past. Did but I still. say that? <clears throat> no, no, no. But, I, you know, it's interesting that uh, it's Germany and... Uh, Everybody just perked Italia. up. Anyway, but that's great. It's a great <laughs> glass. I'm so glad wow. that we're doing it. It's a great glass. It is an awesome glass. Yeah. Um, so we have a different glass, but it is branded with our Morse code, and I know people swipe it, but it's really nice to, um, I don't know, have something in the middle that feels approachable to people. Um, and, I, think, uh, I, think,
10: I think glassware is a huge thing, and I do think that Tiku is actually a great glass... It's a glass that a lot of, like, breweries have, like, all, like, accepted and know that it's just such an easy glass to drink beer out of, and you can get a lot from a lager all the way to, like, a Saison all the way to a Sour from it, but uh, we've, we've flipped around with our glasses at threes from, like, having just, like, you know, liter, like, pints for our pilsners all the way to just, like, very simple, like, wine glasses just to, like, be... For us, it was just more about, like, quantity and simplicity. We also have a concrete bar, so we break a lot of fucking glasses, mm-hmm. So, whatever's affordable. Take your
1: glasses so, are not cheap, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at them wrong, they'll smash. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, a, you know, a nice ball jelly jar, right? you know, with beer in it. Yeah. Uh, that's right. our Roberta's vibe, yeah. <laughs> I like your,
8: you guys have the, like, bolica, like the OG, like, palm glass. You used to,
2: anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, it's that's, yeah. That's a crazy fucking glass. It's <clears throat> great. Um... The, uh, yeah, we uh, we have glasses now, this big sort of Belgian tulip that is fun to drink beer out of, but it's like, it's way too big. You know, like it's more, th- you know, like it's more than you, it's more than is appropriate for what we're pouring into the glass generally. So. Which is
8: nice because you give nosing room. I mean, when we open a bottle of whatever, it may be um, typically a bottle, sometimes a glass when it's your cans. I'm oh, sorry, sometimes a can when it's yours, I should say. Um, you know, you pour six ounces or so into the teku, and you leave all that nosing room, and that's the point. You don't fill it because it just looks nicer, not full, to be honest. And if they want to, they can go ahead and do it. But if you really want to get into that beer, you leave the room for them to do it. So right. I think that's nice.
4: You guys, I want to give a big cheers. This is a great group of people, great beer cheers. bars, great brewery people, and uh, hey, it's New York City Beer Week coming up. Uh, last wrap around, everybody, um, just you know, say your name where you're from, and anything you want to give a shout-out to. Matt?
9: Uh, Matt Levy. Uh, Are you from, sure? From Threes Brewing. And um, shout-out to uh, Bill de Blasio.
1: All right. <laughs> Good guy. Uh, Joel Ford, Threes Brewing. Yeah, cheers, guys. <laughs>
7: Ian Lundquist, bar manager at The Well. I want to give a shout-out to Sean on his uh, birthday. Today is one of our bartenders' birthdays. I just wanted to say, what up, Sean? Happy birthday. All right, Sean. Sean. He's also working for me right now. <laughs>
10: uh, Justin oh, from Threes. just want to give a shout-out to uh, Emily and Anna at Threes.
4: Oh, man, that's nice. You have a great operation, too, Justin, really. Threes, I mean, as a brewery, also, like, just the, the, the space, restaurant, bar. It's really one of my favorite places to Thanks, go. So.
2: Rob from
5: Transmitter and all the people working on uh, New York City Beer Week.
2: Anthony from Transmitter and uh, just think about the good beer you're drinking.
4: Thank you. Thanks for the G1, Anthony. Uh,
6: Victoria from Threes. I want to shout out to Tecu Glass. I didn't mean to insult you. You're an amazing <laughs> class. You know, it's just some weird countries, dude. There's some history there, yo. <laughs> all
4: right.
8: Corey from Jimmy's number 43. And I'd like to uh, shout out to uh, myself.
4: You're awesome, man. <laughs> Corey, we go way back, and, and we had some great experiences, and I'll tell you this. There's nothing like working in New York City and craft beer scene here. I cannot believe how it's changed in 10 years, and you guys are at the forefront. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And if you're still lis- if you're listening live and listening this week, New York City Beer Week is on. Uh, the opening bash is, is Saturday. There's so many great events. Check it out, New York City Beer Week. And uh, thanks for listening. Ian.
7: I just want to say that new bars like the Well owe a lot to you two, Corey and Jimmy. Thank you for everything you did for beer earlier on. Cheers. Wow.
4: You guys rock stars. All right. Woo.
7: And uh, big
4: shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, David Tadasher. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
1: Woo. Woo. Yeah. G1, baby. G1. <laughs>
3: And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please, join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.
0: Ever wonder what kind of podcast Julia Child would have made? Probably would have been one where she introduced you to all of her latest discoveries and favorite people. And that's exactly the tradition we're following on Inside Julia's Kitchen, the podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Join me, Todd Schulk, your host and the Foundation's Executive Director as I bring you inside the Foundation's world to meet the bright lights of today's food universe, just as Julia used to do from her own famous kitchen. New episodes air on Heritage Radio Network, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Listen in.